Well, Human Rights Organization Section 27 says the 2024-25 budget reflects government's commitment to an aggressive fiscal consolidation part without adequate consideration of the impact on the constitutional rights to basic education and health care. The organization was reacting to Finance Minister Enoch Ganagwana's 2024 budget speech a few days ago, which he delivered yesterday afternoon. Uh, Section 27 says while he while the proposed cuts to basic services this year uh, may on the surface appear less devastating than those presented in the minister's 2023 medium term, uh, that's the budget policy statement, this budget would likely further constrain basic education and health care uh, delivery across the country. Shidi Linkosa uh, is a budget researcher at Section 27 who joins us uh, this evening. Uh, good evening to you, Tish. Good evening, Junaid, and good evening to your uh, listeners. Thank you for having me. What is your overreaction? What was your overall reaction uh, to the budget speed delivered? And is it pro-poor? I think this is an important thing, right? The pro-poor, does it benefit the lives of those who are the poorest of the poor? Yes, so our initial reactions is going into the budget uh, speech, we understood that this is an election year, and so what will be tabled is an election year budget, an election budget. Um, and so there was somewhat of an expectation that the budget cuts that are proposed this year will be less harsh than the ones that were proposed in November last year um, during the mini budget speech. Um, and so that is actually what had happened. But just because on the surface they seem the budget cuts aren't as austere as they were in the previous years doesn't mean that they're not budget cuts at all. Um, and so what we see with education, basic education, healthcare and other social spending areas is that they, while there are increases that are welcomed, these increases are actually below inflation. And so what this means is that any investment towards infrastructure in education or healthcare is actually all other areas, basically investments in the rights to basic educational health care, those investments are actually being eroded every year, like the value is being eroded mostly um, by inflation as well as the rising um, dependency or use of these public systems. And so to answer whether this budget is actually proper, it definitely isn't. This is a difficult budget um, for people who rely on public services because the um, our economy has not been able to create meaningful employment and we have not been able to adequately um, redress poverty um, enough to lift as many people out of suffering in the country. So while this budget could have been a lifeline to alleviate the suffering that as a nation we are feeling uh, um, because of this poor economic a growth outlook, it actually is likely to worsen that, especially for the most marginalized people in the country. Shidi, you believe that uh, this budget will see government spending 320 rand less on on learners. I mean, is that specifically related to learners in the educational uh, sector or is it across the board that 320 rand less on on children in general if you factor in other budget uh, restraints as well? So, yes, the 320 rand is, while it's specific to basic education, so public schools, um, be it funding um, to hire more teachers um, or to replace um, teachers that are retiring or resigning or um, healthcare use to prepare the 
um, public health care system for universal health care coverage. Um, but specific that 320 specifically to basic education, yes. But when it comes to how much is being um, spent overall on children, there are other areas that we have to look at, like, for instance, the child support grants, of which many millions of um, uh, sh- children and households benefit from. Unfortunately, that grant is... Um, while it has received a somewhat inflation increase, which is about like 20 rand um, per person, um, like per month, um, it's actually quite an, a, a low amount. And so what this looks like is that we have um, households that rely on things like the child support grant to cover many of the needs of raising a child. And they, they also take their children to fee-free schools. But in the fee-free schools, um, because, you know, the affordability is an issue, when those fee-free schools are being under-resourced, it means that, for instance, something like tra- um, transport money or um, stationery, the schools can't cover that cost as much, but those are still needs. And so the parent who relies on the child support grant has to then take the um, grant, which is pretty much shrinking. It's only increasing by 20 rand a month and find a way to continue to fill and mask the um, the impact of the cuts that have been had on other sectors. So I think it's a good question to ask because it's really important when we look at the needs of a child to not just look at like one area of education, but to look at the child holistically and the needs of being in education, healthcare, nutrition. And unfortunately, the, um, this budget fails to do, the, do so sufficiently. You know, Tashini, when it of course comes to the spending on infrastructure in the school, in a school, uh, you know, reduction in the number of learners in a classroom, there's very little that the, 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 the you know, the, the finance minister can do directly. But what he could do and what it was hoped that he would have done is the allocation of more resources to the Department of Education. And the Department of Education now will have to take the responsibility of effectively filtering it down to uh, you know the schools in in various areas but one would have hoped that at least he would have shed the light uh, on the need to upgrade school infrastructure to protect school infrastructure from vandalism uh, reducing uh, the, the the amount of learners in a classroom in order for effective learning and teaching to take place uh, security on the campus itself which has been underscored by a number of you know, violent events, uh, in this case, the principal being at the, you know, butt end of that, uh, uh, you know, of, of that behavior. So, of course, I mean, he can't, of course, do it directly. He's reliant upon a whole, uh, you know, team to do it after him. But the mention of it and the allocation of it, you feel that the, the he did not, you know, do enough in that regard. Yes, and the examples that you're bringing up are very real um, lived experiences of many um, learners in schools, especially in schools that are um, situated in more dangerous or more under-resourced communities. Um, and infrastructure is supposed to be protected from vandalism and also from climate change. Unfortunately, this year's education um, infrastructure grant, the allocation on the surface is has been increased by 11.5%. And on the surface, you think, okay, that's great. That's well above um, inflation. But when you consider last year, they actually reversed it by um, at about 11.7%. So they cut the budget. So really, the, this year's budget 
towards um, or investment towards education infrastructure. It's just a reversal of last year's cuts, but there's no investment, um, additional investment or urgent investment that's happening this year. And we know that the implications of that, while, you know, on the one hand, yes, spending money is, is one thing. Um, the infrastructure, like education infrastructure spending has been plagued by corruption, underspending, those kind of issues. However, by reducing the available funding towards these projects, it may also impact the quality of spend. So, yeah, we are very concerned about the education um, and school infrastructure grant um, um, investment. Dushini, of course, one thing that, you know, uh, Section 27 has been, uh, you know, very passionate about, of course, and which really represents the other wing of the work that you do is is healthcare, fair and equitable, you know, healthcare for all. In this instance, I mean, not much was said about how government was going about the introduction of the NHI. I mean, maybe he alluded to it here and there. Uh, instead, you know, you believe that the austerity trend continues into investment into the public health care system also increasing by just what 1.7 percent from 2023 that's 267 billion and some change to 271 i mean certainly that doesn't meet inflation it doesn't meet the requirement of the healthcare, uh you know sector with an, with a increasing population and keeping up with inflation which is uh you know sitting at much more than that 1.7 percent uh this budget did not take health care all that seriously, did it, Tishini? I mean, exactly that. So the NHI bill has been passed and it's a hot topic, especially as it's election year. So it's quite a, um, a significant um, policy because there have been promises of universal health care coverage and this is one um, approach to it. And so we are equally as surprised that the NHI um, funding or the budget didn't reflect that uh, an NHI bill that has been passed this year. Um, so that is that is something that we've seen. And one thing that I guess we can welcome, one aspect we can welcome with the budget is the acknowledgement to invest more in other areas of um, healthcare so that we can prepare the healthcare system for universal healthcare coverage in the form of, uh, in this case, in the form of NHI. But unfortunately, like you mentioned, the in, uh, below inflation increases. So the, there's the rhetoric that says you must invest more in it, but the actual, like the real term thing is actually we're disinvesting. So we, it, it's confusing and we're not really sure how the healthcare system will be prepared to actually implement um, some form of the, the NHI bill if the funding, if the budget itself doesn't reflect um, that sort of investment. Mm. Finally, um, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on this here, Tashidi, that um, the concern is that there hasn't been extra money set aside to pay those working in both educational and healthcare sectors. Now, this is not the only, you know, two sectors that are going to see the short end of not being paid for extra time and effort. South Africa has been facing a slow drain of very qualified and adequate teachers over the last seven to ten years. Look 
looking for, rightfully so. And, you know, if you interview any one of them, they'll tell you that, you know what, it's not like a business. I, I'm selling my skills and my skills are limited to 15, 20 good years that when I've now gained a sufficient amount of experience in my field to a point that I'm no longer able to work because I'm approaching 60 years of age and nobody wants to hire me. That particular age group of your healthcare workers, your educators, your, your seasoned police officers, well, you know, if you're not going to actually pay them or allocate any payment for them, they are going to leave for greener pastures and they will not be replaced very easily. This budget in looking after, uh, you know, overtime, in looking after increased salaries in those in the, uh, in the, in the public sector, how did it bode to that in your opinion, Tishidi? Yes, so the allocation to um, compensate employees both in the education sector as well as in the health sector, so teachers, nurses, doctors, those allocations are actually significantly below inflation. So the investment or the budget proposal to fund um, the public sector wage bill is, is unlikely to meet um, inflation. And so we're not really sure how teachers, nurses and doctors who are employed and community health um, workers, among others, who are employed in the public sector will have inflation, at least inflation-linked um, salary increases, right? And what you mentioned about um, people moving abroad or finding alternative sources, it's actually uh, quite painful because while we have many unemployed um, nurses, doctors, teachers, we also have a shortage in the public health care system of that. Like We have a, a huge shortage of doctors, but at the same time, we have unemployed, newly qualified um, doctors. We have a shortage of nurses. There's overcrowding in healthcare facilities um, some, and overworked nurses, which imp- um, impacts the quality of healthcare that people receive. And yet there's um, what was once considered uh, an area of meaningful or, or gainful employment um, Especially, you know, especially among more marginalised communities, like being nursing, teaching, and um, and being a doctor, is now showing us that they're not even, even they are not immune um, to the unemployment that is facing the, um, you know, that is impacting the country and has been for many years. And unfortunately, many of these people are people who love their country and want to serve their people, but they they're not being hired. There's no budget being allocated to actually hire it. So it's really a lose-lose situation. Um, South Africans, the 84% of people who rely on public health care um, are not getting, are, are getting public health care from overworked and understaffed facilities, but at the same time, um, we're missing out on opportunities to create um, employment in the sector. So th- those allocations towards paying for um, nurses, teachers, doctors, among others, have, have, are actually below um, what should be um, allocated if we actually want to provide, like, you know, if we really want to build our country and, and move forward. Rashidi Lenkosa, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Radio Islam International with uh, uh, on behalf of Section 27 and, of course, your research and your observation of the budget. That's yesterday's budget of the Finance Minister. Uh, thank you for your time, Tashidi, and thank you for those insights. Thank you for having me.
Yeah, you know that last point over there when it comes to the brain drain that South Africa is experiencing. Look, any country in the world requires um, a mixed bag. You need people in agriculture. You need people in services. You, you need people all over. And hopefully you get the very best of people. You get those who are willing to uh, be, I think, patriotic is more of, a, of an American word, but they are being loyal to the services and the public that they that they represent, that they, are, they don't undercut, uh, you know, time or they or they're they're diligent in the work and the services that they so provide 